Welcome to the Life in Deep Ellen podcast, exploring the sacred in art, faith, and community. Well, do you remember on Monday the sound of the rain when it stopped? Remember? We kind of had this this thing called a flood, and... Um, you know, no big deal, but there was a ton of rain. It was coming down for hours, and y'all, I was starting to hope and pray that God was not about to send me instructions to build an ark, because I am not made for biblical weather, and I do not understand why we had such a historic flood. After the historic uh, record heat, Um, please, Lord, no locusts. Okay. We're not made for that. Um, but yes, do you remember though, the sound when it stopped when there was quiet and it's interesting to me that there's something in us that knows how to listen for this, for the stopping of the storm, right? And so we don't have to just check our phones or we can check our phones or check the radar, but there's just something kind of in you that kind of knows when, when it stopped and when you know you're going to be okay. Right? So, but first there is the storm itself. Okay. And this, this is no joke. There's the moment when the waters start to rise and the panic sets in. And, you know, we all face this flood, this, this crazy weather, and some of us had just an extended period of napping weather, okay? Maybe you got some good naps in. And some in our city lost everything. They lost their possessions. Just right down the street from us, lofts flooded, and people woke up to just chaos in their own home. And they felt trapped as they saw the waters rise, It's so interesting that this massive weather event can startle us all the same, but leaves us all impacted differently. There's something unpredictable about that. Something a little bit scary. Something a little bit frightening. We're in strange times, and there's always been an unpredictability to life. Life has never been predictable, but sometimes this unpredictability knocks us right off of our feet and leaves us soaked in shock and worry. Will this storm end? Will the rain stop? How long will I have to sit in the chair and wait for the sound of silence, the sound of no more storm. Sometimes we feel just not caught off guard by the unpredictability of life. And we might ask ourselves, what is really going on here? And what control, if any, do we have? I think Jesus' disciples would have asked that same question on the day that they ventured with him into a boat on a lake and there was a storm. This story spoke to me this week and I thought that it was just the perfect story to teach us something new today. 
Matthew gives the play-by-play, but like most scripture, an event that happened probably all day becomes a few verses that we then spend thousands of years printing and thinking about and deciphering, and so much gets lost in translation. This is a whole experience. But maybe Matthew knew that we didn't need a a total play-by-play. Maybe Matthew, when he wrote this story down, figured that the details weren't as important as the overall story. Maybe Matthew knew something about being human, and maybe that this story and its implications would reach beyond him. That maybe even thousands of years later, we would see ourselves in a story like this. The disciples had agreed to get in a boat with Jesus. And y'all, to me, this already signals that they had a lot of faith. Okay? The dude had been doing some crazy tricks and miracles and supernatural events had been happening. And there was a lot of unpredictability around Jesus. So if you wanted to avoid unpredictability, you needed to stay away from him. But these disciples had decided to risk it and lean in and follow the guy. And follow him they did to all different kinds of places. And one day they decided to get in a boat. I actually had the privilege of going to the Holy Land and seeing the Sea of Galilee. And a lot of times we picture, when we, when we think of Jesus and the disciples on a boat, we picture like, an ocean, right? Like a big sea of waves. Y'all, the Sea of Galilee is like a lake, okay? And so, first of all, for, for there to be a storm, a windstorm on the Sea of Galilee, that's already strange, okay? Because this is not the Atlantic Ocean. This is a very pretty lake. And so, it's already feeling a bit unpredictable, But they go, they get in the boat with Jesus, their friend. They don't know yet about Christianity or the whole tradition or the big C church. They just say, yes, sure, I'll go with my friend in this boat on a lake today. But then the story starts to get interesting. A storm starts to brew. And the scripture calls it a windstorm, which could also be an earthquake, which could also be an apocalyptic image. There's lots of, we don't really know exactly what happened, but it sounds chaotic. The water started to rise and things weren't looking good. Waves crashing, water rising, hearts pounding. They call out to Jesus and say, Lord, save us. We are perishing. And by all rules of common sense, y'all, they were perishing. This was not looking good. But what was Jesus doing, according to Matthew? What was he doing? Was he, um, you know, trying to plan the rescue? Was he deep in prayer? No, the guy was asleep. Okay? He was sleeping. He was, what one commentary said, relaxing in a crisis. Come on, Jesus. Seriously? They're in a crisis and you're going to take a nap. Is that good timing? 
teach me how. Come on, Lord, teach us. I mean, come on. This is just so, so classic Jesus. The dude falls asleep right when everything is getting crazy and we're about to die. And homeboy's just like in rim cycle, you know, like, come on. Relaxing in crisis, please. That sounds to me like what the meteorologists were doing on Monday when I watched the DFW weather updates. Um, it was really interesting seeing them try to act calm, but what it actually read to me was just sort of like aloof. Like they were like, yes, Cindy, there is a bit of rain. There's a few inches of rain piling up, you know, eight or nine inches. It's, it's fine. Let's cut to the next segment. Napping relaxing in crisis. But this was not an aloof moment for Jesus. It wasn't a moment of being disengaged, even though it looks like that. There's a difference between putting on a calm face and being the face of calm itself. And Jesus knew that difference. So how is he completely at peace? I mean, the boat is capsizing, Lord. We are going to have just so much chaos. There are no arcs prepared. We do not have seat cushions that turn into flotation devices because we don't come up with that for thousands more years. And there is no emergency plan for the capsizing boat on the Sea of Galilee when your rabbi, your teacher, your friend is nodding off. He is completely at peace, even when the waves crash, because he knows how to listen for the end of the storm. He himself is the end of the storm. His very breath and voice is the calm of eternity, and he can literally rest in peace because he knows the ending of the story. He knows that in the end, all is well. And he knows that all is well because he is well attuned to the love of God, to the safety of God. He knows how the story ends. The Bible is the beginning of the conversation. Remember, I told you this several weeks ago, that it's not the end of the conversation, it's the beginning and when we get so obsessed with the right doctrine of belief in Jesus, we completely lose the experience of getting to know him in these wonderful stories that we have in scripture. We're so obsessed with the details and the dogmas of the story that we don't allow ourselves to just get lost in the pages, to laugh when things are funny, to imagine ourselves on that boat. You can't even use your imagination when you're so worried about getting it right. It's a bit like approaching salvation with a rigid plan, lots of requirements, and shame when you just don't have enough faith. <laughs> That's my alter ego, Arkansan lady that shames you, and she'll come out when she needs to. You know, the Lord never gives you more than you can handle. Those disciples should have known 
that he can calm the storm. You've heard that. You've heard that theology. But faith doesn't sound like that. It sounds like risking it all to follow someone into the water, into the deep, into a boat, and a life, and a path that you have no control over. And then it looks like having the honest relationship with Christ to say, Listen, mister, I am perishing. I need you to save me. And then it sounds like receiving what comes next. What comes after your panic. What comes after your declaration that this time it really is over. You really are perishing this time. Don't you always think it is that time? But what if you're not? What if you can never really perish? Because there is one who offers eternal life. Now you might hear that in that voice of my Arkansan shamey lady. But what if you heard it differently? What if you can never really perish? What if you are never alone in your moments of panic? What if you're always safe in the hand of God, no matter what? What would living be like with that assurance, that, that feeling? What if God is growing faith in you? And asking you to experience it all with Christ. To just stay in the boat. Just stay in the boat. The rhythm of faith that we've been discovering over the past five weeks. It isn't about saying that everything's okay. Everything happens for a reason. It's all good. Stop with that worry and fear. Come on, disciples, get it together. You had Christ in the boat with you. It's not about that. And I rebuke the Christianity that has claimed that because it's hurt people. It's hurt people because when the storms that you faced in your lives, when your waters have, have risen, I know that it's been scary. And the last thing you needed was someone telling you that even in those moments, you didn't have enough faith. I rebuke that. It's just not true. The rhythm of faith isn't about saying that scary things will never happen, but it's about saying that Christ's calming power is also happening too. There are two things happening. The waters are rising. The chaos is swirling. You're feeling afraid. And, and, there's an and, there's an and, and you are not alone in that boat. You're not alone. And you might feel alone, but feelings don't mean facts. And the truth is that you actually aren't alone. 
And it's not your fault that the boat is capsizing in the first place. It's not because you didn't have enough faith or you didn't do things right. It's not because your emergency evacuation plan wasn't sufficient to predict the radar on the Sea of Galilee. Where is the storm going to be coming from? How should I be prepared? It's just not your fault. This human thing is just scary and hard and weird. And sometimes the waters rise and we have no way of predicting that. But Christ's calming power is also happening too. Two, T-O-O. Frederick Beekner is one of my favorite writers who recently passed away. And he wrote about spiritual matters with just this really sharp sense of honesty and he used words in amazing ways, and he, he never felt afraid to tell it like it is. And so he said this. He said that the grace of God is something like this. Here is the world. Beautiful and terrible things will happen. Don't be afraid. I am with you. Nothing can ever separate us. It's for you I created the universe. I love you. There's only one catch. Like any other gift, the gift of grace can be yours only if you reach out and take it. It really is a gift. The gift of existing. The gift of being alive. And sometimes when we feel really afraid, we lose sight of the gift itself. But don't lose sight of the gift of your life. Don't lose sight of the gift of being you in this world. Being alive with flesh on, in community with each other, and in community with Jesus. Even if we don't always know what we're getting into, it is a gift in and of itself. And you have what it takes to enjoy that gift, even when waters rise. Individually, our lives are a gift, and together, our life in deep Elam is a gift. Our life in deep Elam. Yes, that's the name of our organization, but think about life two ways. Our life. In deep Elam is a gift. It's a gift from God. And there have been times in the life of life in deep Elam when the waters have risen and a windstorm, pandemic, S H I T hit the fan season, <laughs> dot, 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 <laughs> has occurred. Times when you had every reason to shout up to God, Lord, save us. We are perishing. You had every reason to say that. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Did you perish? Did you? 
Because I look around this room and I don't see perishing. Yes, I see some weariness and and some a need for new rhythms of connecting with each other. I see all of that, but I don't see perishing. And so that speaks to the and, the 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 two, the plus, the dot dot dot, the oh yeah and that. That oh yeah and that thing is the presence of God. That has never, ever, ever left us and hasn't left you. So let us remember this. When our own waters rise, when you see a storm brewing, your fear and your panic is not bad. It's, it's, it's okay. It's normal. But I want you to begin to cultivate something else with it. Let your fear swirl. Let your panic come. And let that and start to have a voice too. The rhythm of God. It's interesting to me that sometimes God sounds like something and we can hear it. There's a song or a beat or a rhythm. And I, and I use that metaphor early on in the series. But sometimes God sounds like Silence. Peace, the ending of the storm. And so if you remember the flood this week and you remember the rain and you remember hearing that sound of silence, it makes me think a little bit about um, my friend Ben and I were talking yesterday about God and the, and the universe and how what if the divine is nothingness, is silence. God is peace. God is the absence of the storm. God is the calm after the storm. Amen. Amen.